Welcome to Culture Eats Strategy. Eats Strategy. With your host, entrepreneur Jamie J. Jamie J. On this podcast, we unpack the most powerful, intangible culture. Culture. Culture is way more than a mission statement or words on a wall. It's how a company behaves. It's what informs every decision, action, and reaction. Culture is the invisible hand, the true north that guides every organization. And if you create a legendary culture, you will build a legendary company. A legendary company. Now, here he is, Jamie J. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Culture Eats Strategy with myself, Jamie J. I am so honored and privileged to have... Um, how do I say this? I, I'll just say Mike Michalowicz is, is going to be on Culture Eat Strategy today. And that just in and of itself blows my mind. <laughs> I am a huge fan. And the reason why is um, my business was in utter chaos um, not too long ago. And by what, I'm, what I mean by utter chaos is the financial side of it. And I am completely afraid of numbers and uh, the thought of QuickBooks. It's, I, I can now say QuickBooks. I used to not be able to say that word. Um, so the thought of having the financial end of my business all organized has done wonders. I understand this show is about culture. And you need to have a strong culture before you can even implement any kind of strategy, in my opinion. And not only has Michael been able to assist me in uh, through his book, Profit First, and soon to be Clockwork, uh, that I just received, that I'm going to be reading pretty soon. But he has completely revolutionized the way I think or the way I thought business should be. So there is a little thing that I go into. I'm going to talk about his, uh, let me read his, his bio really fast. Mike Michalowicz is the author of Profit First, Surge, The Pumpkin Plan, and his newest release, Clockwork. By his 35th birthday, Mike had founded and sold two companies, one to a private equity, another to a Fortune 500, and today he's running a third multi-million dollar venture, Profit First Professionals, which I absolutely love. He's a former small business columnist for the Wall Street Journal and former business makeover specialist on MSNBC. Over the years, Mike has traveled the globe speaking with thousands of entrepreneurs and is here today to share the best of what he has learned. Um, and Mike, welcome to Culture Eat Strategy. Thank you so much for uh, taking your time today. What an honor. Well, thank you for taking your time, Jamie, to do this. I, I want to lavish the love back on you. Uh, as you know, you were on our podcast and just... I, I don't know if I have a great sense for it, but there's some people who are just good people and you're one of those people. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing. Very remarkable. I appreciate uh, you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So one of the things, this was a big eye opener to me and I, I definitely want to talk about culture because you have, I, 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 we talked in the pre-interview, a jovial type culture. I understand business is business and, and that's what I said, but right. I think it's amazing how, happy everyone is around. <laughs> oh, I love hearing that. <laughs> yeah, I know you spoke with Kelsey and Kelsey, maybe Amy. Um, um, yeah. Who is the, who is the gentleman on the, on the, show? on the show? Let's see. Do we have Ron possibly? I think um, it was another mic. Yeah. So we have, there's a, uh, I think there's 14 of us now. Holy. We, yeah. I mean, all here in our little office. I, I shouldn't say all here. We have now, I think four virtual employees, but they'll come in here occasionally. And, uh, it's interesting how important 
joking around is not not hurtful joking, not making fun of other people, but what I I naturally just like to joke around. Um, and uh, a lot of the colleagues here, and I found that is the grease for the gears of our organization. Mm-hmm. It, it builds these great bonds. So I'm just so happy you recognize that in people and that you felt that energy with with people. That, that's a big deal to me. Yeah, it was neat because uh, Kelsey's sister, I think, was having a baby. Yeah. Uh, at any moment uh, when we had talked, and or, or maybe she just had the baby, and you, everyone just kind of gathered around and shared in the in the enjoyment. It was just it was just really nice to see. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we've had people ring. Oh, this was cool. So one of these girls, her name was Jackie. Uh, Jackie's no longer with us. She decided to become a full time mom, um, which I think was a wonderful choice. But she worked with us before she had her first baby. She's had two now. And uh, she's at work one day and we start off every morning with a huddle, a standing meeting, and we spend 15, 10 to 15 minutes there. Uh, everyone shares what their big task is for the day and everyone gets a personal update. And uh, Jackie gives her a big task for the day and she says, I do have a personal update. She's like, one more person to be joining our team. And we kind of look around and she opens the belly of her, sh- of her shirt to show her undershirt. And under there it says, the newest profit person first professionals being baked in the oven right now. And we all started celebrating. It was so much fun. Like, what a cool reveal that she's having a baby. Um, yeah, that's, listen, life is meant to be enjoyed. And I hope that mm-hmm. business and employment in a business facilitates that enjoyment of life, you know? Yeah. You, you see, it, and, okay, so your staff, from what I gather, and the, the, the small interactions that I had with them are fantastic. Very kind, very... Friendly, um, and and I think um, again that has a lot to do with you giving them permission to be themselves in yeah. the profit first or in 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 your environment uh, in your culture. Yeah, I th- you know that's an interesting choice of words. Permission. I, I I think you're right, Jamie. I think you nailed it. I don't think I give permission in the traditional sense. I don't say, "Hey guys, you can joke around. You have my permission." I think it's for my own behavior. Mm. Actually, one thing I love is when I walk out, like people are chatting up and looking at Facebook and, and laughing about something. When I walk out of the office, of my office into the hallway and they see me, people don't hush down and say, oh, shh, the boss is here. They continue on. It's like I'm almost invisible to that experience or part of it. Like, hey, Mike, check this out. You'll, you'll crack up or enjoy it or whatever. I think it's because that is what I do too. I invite my colleagues in too. If I'm on Facebook and say, oh my God, you guys see this is so funny or so cool. I let them share my life's experience, the sadness too. And they do it with each other. What I found is I think we as business owners have to pay a significant amount of time and effort in allowing people to be people. Mm. Yet the majority of business time has been in, in trying to get the most out of people. But the interesting thing is the more we allow people to be people, the more they're relaxed to do their work. I also believe, I know for myself, I can't work eight hours straight. I just can't. I can work 20 minutes in a good spurt, maybe 45 minutes here and there, but I got to stop and then check out this sporting news or, or just do something that is mindless so my mind can release. Well, to expect my employees to just be grinding out for eight hours straight is ridiculous. And if I force them to grind out, their productivity is going to continue to decrease and decrease. Mm. Actually, my job is to increase the human element so they have those relief moments, but also uh, 
introduce the balance. Like this isn't like, like, you know, come in here wearing a bozo costume and you're like, waka waka. And you're joking around all the time. Either. <laughs> you know, we get shit done. We definitely get shit done, but it, it's really bringing a balance. And, and historically I, and I think other entrepreneurs focus too much on productivity. I've put now much more focus on the human side and that balance has actually increased productivity and happiness and joy and all this stuff. That's amazing. I, I, I kind of wonder if there's a line and, and how you might address this line. Cause uh, you know, people come to me and they say, Jamie, sometimes you're just too kind. Sometimes uh, maybe a deadline is missed or something. And I want to support and empower someone to do their best, to make their best decisions, give them boundaries, but yeah. let them go and have fun in those boundaries. But, but I wonder if sometimes there's a, if there's a line that, Sometimes you, maybe you have to address or maybe, you know. Say, yeah, yeah, right, right. So that does happen. It does happen. And uh, f- just direct input on you being too kind. I've, I don't think anyone can be too kind. I can, people can allow themselves to be pushed over. Those are two separate things. Mm. I think kind, and what I, we, you know, we, we were looking to hire your services and uh, actually found someone that was local here that we thought was going to be a better selection for ourselves. And so we'll see how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our experience with you is such a kind one and one in such sincere interest in serving our company that you're our guy now. Like, even though we didn't engage your company services this time, in the future we may or will, and we're going to recommend you to other people when it comes up because you have put such a positive experience in our plate. So that's kindness. I think pushover is where mm-hmm. we say, Jamie, you know, $12 an hour or $15 an hour for his labor, that's a little bit rich. Uh, I need it for $10 an hour. And then we start bending over backwards and you say, well, oh my God, I'll lose money on this, but I got to be good to Mike. Uh, and then you, you actually lose money in the transaction. That's where you're taking advantage of. That's where you're pushover. I don't perceive that in you. And I don't think anyone should do that. Mm. These should be bifurcated. Kindness, we all should aspire to have more of it. The, the line for us here is uh, sometimes people do take advantage of it. Myself right. included, right? That, that it goes a little too far. We, we need to be in the position to call it out and say, hey, guys, it's time to stop this or to offline. And we actually use the word offline. If someone's going down a tangential and it's going crazy, it's like, hey, why don't we, why don't we offline that? Let's get back to the task at hand. Oh, that's great. Root, yeah, and that's the exact words we use. And people do it to me too. Say, Mike, uh, can you offline that? Uh, it's too much of a distraction. We, we, we're very deliberate too about rewarding the result. You know, I think typically the reward or recognition went to the effort, not the result. Like, oh, you spent six hours on that project. Uh, that's, that's a lot of work when you know, normally, normally people only put three hours into the project. But really, the, the re- result is what matters. If the project is done exceptionally well in three hours, that should be exalted. Oh. So, you know, we're, we're focused not on the effort put into it, but the end result. If someone finds a more efficient way, uh, actually finds a lazy way of even doing it, but gets it done, that should be exalted because that's replicated. So we're just kind of cognizant of those differentiators and, and trying to reward the right behavior. And then we automatically, including myself, we're all behavioral animals. Then I want to do more of what gets rewarded. Oh, that's awesome. Who was the, was it Bill Gates or? Uh, Bill Gaines. They, they, said, they said, I look for lazy people because they always find... Oh, it was, it was Bill Gates. It was, it was Bill Gates. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and, he, and he made a good point. He's like, I want lazy people to do these projects because lazy people doesn't mean they're stupid. It means they don't want to do the work. And when people don't want to do the work, they will build systems to get the results. It's the workaholics 
which shamelessly I was proud about labeling myself that way. I no longer do. But that meant that I didn't build systems. I did everything myself. My business actually suffered because it was more dependent on me than ever to do the work. And that's a mistake. Oh man. Well, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I think, I think some of the, some of the, some of the, it is very important. I think too, to have systems, you brought up systems, uh, just a bit ago. Um, I think people will feel more, um, appreciated, more secure when there are systems in place rather than always trying to run around, you know, Oh, we got to put this fire out. Then we got to put this fire out. And so I'm such a huge believer in documenting, uh, um, as my friend Scott Beebe says, do something as if it's the last time you're ever going to do it. Meaning like when it. you do a repeatable task, write it down. Yeah. We actually, we, uh, we, we've gone beyond writing that. We videotape everything. So oh. I have to do a process. The only thing is, you know, what we're doing right now is on the computer, we could use some kind of screen capture software to record what we're doing. If I'm doing invoicing in QuickBooks, we were talking about that earlier, I can, I can use a screen recording software. If, uh, if I'm packaging a box, to ship something out, I can use my smartphone to record it. And what's interesting about that process is now people see it in action. So it's very replicatable. But we found there's one more step you got to do. If you want to transfer a task, record it, give it to that person. But then once they have mastered it, you know, they get the time to do it a few times, then request that they also record the training video, a new one with anything new they learned. And if nothing's new, still record it. Because ultimately, the best student in every room is the teacher. And I know if my colleague can teach the process by recording it, now they've truly mastered it and really own the process. That is fantastic. I absolutely love that. We created, I created the first workflow in the company. Okay. But because I was not specific to say the, you know, WordPress development or the social media person, they've since taken it and tweaked it and made it so much better. Yeah. That's where they were focusing on. Like, just like you, I never thought about it like that, but yes. They, in essence, became the teacher. Now I look to them for, hey, how can we do this? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The other way around. It's pretty interesting. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's exa- exactly the way to do it. And the thing is, too, when someone becomes a teacher, they become empowered. Like, mm. they master the skill set, but they also realize that they're doing something that uh, it's going to be of service to others. So, you know, we did a shipping process. I used to do it myself. Jackie, before she left, took it over. She recorded the video. But she also knew that she was uh, going to be serving other people if she transferred jobs here, got a new position, or left. Mm. So there's also this longevity. So that kind of protects me again, too. Her knowledge didn't walk out the door when Jackie left. The, the videos stayed here, and we still use them today. So, yeah, uh, yeah there's a lot of power in recording process. There's you know, no question about that. Yeah, I just had someone ask um, a, a friend of mine and, and business partner, Dr. Lorino, he, he uh, runs a really efficient uh, podiatry practice, private okay. practice. Yeah, yeah. And he said on a webinar last night, what happens if the Michael Jordan of your practice leaves tomorrow? Oh, right. The person that knows everything, that has all the answers, if without systems, what happens? Yeah, devastating. And you know, the Michael Jordan is usually the owner of the business. What if you leave? And people say, oh. I'll never leave. It's my business. What if you get sick or injured? What if you're put in the hospital for four, four weeks because you had a car accident? That happened to my sister-in-law, so that's very relevant to me right now. Well, if that happens, the business sadly goes under. So some people get sick and the business which was designed to support them cannot support them because they were supporting the business. Mm. We, mm. we have to. I think the first person to get out of the company is ourselves, quite frankly. Uh, make us replaceable. What? 
make us replaceable? Yeah, make ourselves replaceable. Uh, and stop, stop that freaking superhero syndrome. Like, oh, I'm the only one who can do it. I, I can save the day, save that client, save that employee. I get that you can do that, but you're also making the business extremely dependent on you because you're the superhero. We got to empower the team. We got to transfer the knowledge. We got to get ourselves out. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear about your sister-in-law. I hope she's okay uh, and doing better. Yeah, as a freaking drunk driver, man. A repeat uh, offender, drunk driver. Cro- cross the road, head-on collision. She's fine now. Uh, uh, thank God. And so is her daughter. Uh, but it's interesting. They, <laughs> just to wrap up that story, my mm-hmm. wife, it's my sister-in-law my wife, so my wife went over uh, to go to the courthouse. They had the court hearing finally yesterday. So this accident actually happened a little ways back. Okay. And uh, the guy was notably remorseful. And I, he, he did a very bad thing. He did a criminal thing. But it was at least good to see someone showing remorse uh, and acknowledging the damage he caused. I, I hope that person has learned from that and, and decides to turn his life around. Mm. Yes. Oh, man. God, yeah. That's tough. Oh, I'm sorry. To, I just, I'm just glad uh, everyone is okay. Everyone's okay. It was, it was a terrifying time, but everyone's okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I, I didn't mean to get sidetracked on that. I almost forgot where I, I, uh, where I was talking. About what, what, where we were going well, We're talking about systems, right? And capturing systems and transferring, oh, yeah. removing yourself. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, speaking of that, I have a friend, Rich Allen, and he has a great analogy for this. And, and uh, do you know Rich Allen by any chance? The name sounds so familiar, but maybe it's because it's such a common name. I can't picture a face at the yeah. moment. So he has this analogy where um, he explains businesses like a bike. And I'm probably going to butcher his, but I'm going to paraphrase the best of my ability. But you have the frame of the bike, you know, the owner is the frame. He's holding it all together. He's got the front wheels kind of you know, where all the new information is coming in. The back wheel is like the back office. You have the pedals and the cranks and churning. That's the engine of the business going. And then the handlebars, that steers the business left and right. But what happens if you take that frame away? Right. Everything falls to pieces. It falls to pieces. You you don't move an inch. So he teaches business owners to be the rider. Interesting. So that the, the whole bike can, you know, can still stay intact even if he decides to hop off and someone else hops on. Right. So the, yeah, that's a great analogy, right? So the bike can keep going. Yeah. That, yeah. You know what's so interesting, Jamie, about that type of business where the rider, the entrepreneur can hop off and someone else can hop on? That is the most valuable business in the world. I, I, I've had the blessing now of selling two companies. Both companies, though, were dependent upon my work effort. And what that meant was when the choir came in, they said, Mike, if you get sick, which ironically I have a cold right now, but if you get sick <laughs> or, or leave, or, or decide you don't want to work anymore, the value of the company will drop dramatically because it's so dependent on you. Therefore, that's extraordinary risk. We're going to value at less. We're not going to pay you as much as, as you would if the company didn't depend on you. So mm. what I now realize is like, oh my gosh, I got to build businesses that don't depend on me for two reasons. One, if it doesn't need me, I can ha- experience a greater freedom in my own life. I can empower my team members and they can do greater things in the business. But I have freedom too. And other people will see me as more valuable. So it, it, that combination is like, wow, I got to get out of my business. And, and the best part is uh, my one business now, I'm, I'm basically totally out of it. Uh, if someone wants to buy it, I don't think I want to sell it. It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> which, which puts more value in it, right? <laughs> so it's pretty You're cool. just having too much fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, I wonder if maybe you could share with us a little bit more about your book Clockwork there. Now, I haven't 
read it. I just received it in the mail uh, just this past week. Oh, thanks for so picking it up. It's, it's my next. It's my next in line. And yeah. I wonder if maybe you could touch base on that a little bit on what that. Yeah. For sure. So clockwork, the subtitle is design your business to run itself. And here's why I realized, Jamie, there is, I think, I call this thing entrepreneurial poverty. There's this perception that we as business owners, the day you start your business, your friends who don't own businesses think you're wildly successful. You have all the money in the world now, you can do whatever you want. The reality is polar opposite. Most entrepreneurs struggle surviving check by check, barely getting by, work our tails off. So this gap is what I call entrepreneurial poverty. My goal is to close that gap, to get entrepreneurs truly successful. Mm. Well, there's two forms of common impoverishment. There's so many types. There's two common types. One is financial impoverishment, <clears throat> where people don't have enough money. That's why I wrote Profit First, to bring permanent profitability to businesses. There's another form of impoverishment, which I believe is more insidious. It's far greater than uh, financial impoverishment. And what it is, is time impoverishment. We work our asses off. And many entrepreneurs will sacrifice other elements of their lives, sacrifice their family, sacrifice their sleep, sacrifice uh, their lifestyles just to keep this business going. We, you know, we are not in life to support a business. We are in business to support a life. So clockwork, I wrote that book to help entrepreneurs do exactly what we we're talking about earlier, extract themselves from the business, have the business run on its own, increasing the value of the business and giving freedom to the entrepreneur and even the employees within the business by clockworking it, they establish higher degrees of freedom too. I love it. I'm super, it, that, was, that was actually a, a blessing and a, and a nice segue there <laughs> into, into clockwork because uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to read that one. If you haven't, anybody listening to this, have you, if you haven't heard of Profit First, um, go out and get that like right now, pause it <laughs> and go get it right now. Um, I just want to say thank you, uh, publicly say thank you to you for uh, authoring Profit First because that has, uh, yeah, uh, it's been a, it's been such a huge uh, blessing uh, on the business um, and it's now made me embrace uh, profitability uh, and, and the numbers and we have a, a, a virtual CFO now that is, uh, that is supporting us with that. Great. And um, it, that little tweak, expenses, um, what is it? Uh, income yeah, minus so expenses equals traditional profit. traditional formula is sales minus expenses equals profit. Mm. That's what you've all been trained. <clears throat> and what the tweak is, is now it's sales minus profit equals expenses. <clears throat> Excuse me, this cough is nagging. Oh, but sorry. What I'm doing is, We've been told historically that profit comes last. It's the bottom line or the year end. And I call BS on that. You know, if something comes last, it means it's insignificant. I wouldn't say my health comes last or my family comes last. I say it comes first. So we flip the formula so that profit can come first once and for all. Yeah. And if you want to learn how to pay yourself first, get profit first. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> well, um, how do people reach out to you? So, yeah, if you want to learn more about me, uh, all my books, I have free chapter downloads. Uh, I used to write for the Wall Street Journal. I have that available. I'm a blogger, I'm a podcaster. You are my podcast. It was a great episode. Uh, go to MikeMichalowitz.com or there's a shortcut because Michalowicz is so hard to spell. Go to MikeMotorbike.com. That was my nickname in high school. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mike Motor I I've never driven a motorcycle. That's the irony. <laughs> I just rhymed with Mike. So go to MikeMotorbike.com and uh, that'll forge onto my website. All my resources, everything there is available for free. Awesome. And I will spell it out. It's M-I-C-H-A-L-O-W-I-C-Z. 
yeah. nailed it. You want to go ahead and search that on Google. It'll pop up everywhere. Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up? I just, well, I want to say thank you to the people listening. Uh, Jamie, I appreciate you having me on the show. I also want to just thank entrepreneurs. I, I truly believe you as an entrepreneur are the fabric for our society, our communities, our, our countries, our world. And I really believe that your success determines the success of our world. So thank you for being an entrepreneur. You've done what's, what the vast majority of the world population will never do. You've courage and drive. And uh, thank you for doing what you do. And I'm wishing you huge success. We actually, as a country, as a world, are starving for your success. Uh, thank you so much. And I cannot, I really appreciate you taking the time. You have a cold. I know you're super busy. Uh, so thank you for My stopping pleasure. by and uh, really appreciate it. So cool. Thanks, uh, brother take my hat off to you. My hair's messed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my name is Jamie J with Culture Eats Strategy. I've been talking with Mike Michalowicz today. Go check out Clockwork and definitely pick up Profit First if you haven't already. If you have any questions, please reach out to me and let me know. Go to iTunes, leave me a rating and review. Uh, if you like me, give me five stars. If you don't like it, give me three stars and tell me why you don't. I want to improve. I sincerely want to uh, share everything I possibly can to help you uh, win over culture uh, to beat strategies. So thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Jamie J, and on behalf of Michael McCallowitz, Prophet First and Clockwork, thank you so much and have a great day.